26 Stone is brought to you by NewAmsterdam.com. Imagine a world where creatives always have a key to the city. Use promo code 26STONE for 26% off your entire order. That's K-N-E-W-Amsterdam.com. NewAmsterdam.com. Welcome, citizen. I'ma set it straight, straight out the gate. I'm straight 718. You can't eliminate what I emanate. My sound's great, like every Belafonte. I got love like Ariana Grande. Beats and buzz by Andre. Wallet and Neonte on a Friday, like O'Shea. Okay, tell me when you wanna listen. I'm in the kitchen whipping, making sauce for this chicken. It's hot in this position, standing with no air condition. I wrecked the place, demolition. I killed it, no ammunition. My mission to forget my losses and my premonitions. Divorces and bad decisions. The glasses with tunnel vision. I'm a legend in subdivisions. I spark with no ignition. Stones, the name of the show. It's a boy Flo Bo. I'm doing Heidi Ho. I don't know. Yes, 26 Stones the show. Put the podcast I could uh, available wherever you get your podcast streamed, downloaded, listened to. Flo Bo Boys is your host. That's me. Uh, check me out over at flobito.com. That's F L O B I T O.com. New content every Monday. Cross the fingers, hopefully. And uh, more and more cool stuff down the pipe. Today, I want to talk to you about the one thing we all fear when we do something fun from the heart. When we have a hobby, and a hobby evolves into a side hustle, and that side hustle evolves into an actual and bona fide uh, revenue stream, income stream, you're getting some notoriety. Uh, There's going to be some fear in the back of your head. Not so much if you can do it. You've already proven you can do it. Uh, There's a fear that maybe... You're not as authentic as if you started out. Maybe the vision has changed a bit. Yes, that's right. Today on 26 Stone, we're talking about selling out. What does that mean to sell out? And how can you avoid selling out? Now, before we get into that, we got to think about what exactly it means to sell out. Many, many years ago, I was a a DJ, a radio DJ uh, at my college radio station, uh, 885 WFCF, all right? WFCF 885, the reason. And uh, side note, what was kind of cool, I guess it's kind of like a, a precursor to my marketing day job, uh, like career, is that the radio station was called the reason because uh, the, the station manager thought that I'd be kind of like a good, uh, what a, the reason is whatever you want it to be kind of a deal. And so I, I colluded with some of the other DJs to really come up with reasons to listen to their particular shows. So like uh, my friend Emily was had a morning show and her show was The Reason to Wake Up. Uh, there's another guy named The Monk. His show was called The Reason to Live. Like and my show um, was the Saturday Night's Underground. Tune in because it's the reason to vibe. I thought that was pretty uh, clever. I'm not talking about that at all. So imagine, imagine this. I'm 20 years old at a, a college radio station or 19 years old. And someone gives me a CD with the words uh, Gnarls Barkley scribbled on it. I said, hey, man, this cool collab. It started out in Europe. Uh, it has one of the guys from that Good Die Mob. <laughs> I'm like, the Goody Mob? He's like, yeah, man, the Good Die Mob. And um, what do you think? And it was a song crazy. You know, the, well, I think I'm crazy. You know, I played it. 
And uh, to this day, I still tell people at parties that our college radio station was the first station in the nation to break Gnarls Barkley, but that's neither here or there. But to be a part of that was kind of cool, being like one of the first people to say, hey, look, I recognize this as cool music, let's play it. Now, Gnarls Barkley was already established, so imagine if you didn't know um, the members of that, that group, right? You just heard crazy going to class one day, and you go, oh my gosh, this group is pretty cool. I'm going to follow them. And you fast forward two, three years later, and you see Gnarls Barkley on those New Year's Eve shows on ABC. You see Gnarls Barkley t-shirts at Hot Topic, and maybe lunch boxes as well. Or your, your grandma goes to a wedding and walks up to the wedding DJ and is like, play that Gnarls Barkley song I love so much. What usually happens there? Usually fans that are around from day one say, hey, man, they sold out. They changed. They sold out. When it first started, it was cool. But now, I'm not really a fan of this stuff anymore. And the term they throw out is selling out. Like, selling out's a bad thing. And I think a lot of times, uh, that's for, for artists and creators, we try, to, we try to stay away from commerce as much as we can, often to our detriment. If you do something well and someone's willing to buy in, um, that should not be selling out. So going back to the example, let's say you had a garage band and you're in a garage band, you're going nowhere for a while and someone goes, hey, how about you do the local bar, the local bar scene, and then you and your bandmates scrounge up some money to hit the road, do some other bars outside of town, and then you get discovered and then your first single gets on the radio and before you know it, you're getting a Grammy, right? I skipped some steps, but just to illustrate my point. Those fans are with you in those uh, grubby tour bus van days well, say you sold out because they don't, they're not the band you remember. They're not the band that was sleeping on the floor of their van or in the parking lot of a hotel uh, trying to save money to go on tour. Now you're the one on stage, the main event, getting the perceived brown M&Ms. But is that truly selling out? If music was your passion, if that's your art form, you, and you need an audience to be an artist, let's not... Uh, deny that. You need an audience to be an artist unless you're just doing something for yourself. That's a hobby. If you consider yourself an artist, you need someone to say, I appreciate this or I don't. <laughs> um, so if you're a, a musician and you have a bigger audience now, does that mean you're selling out? If you're a musician and someone is actually paying you to share your craft and or technique, is that selling out? Now the answer is no. And the reason why I'm saying that, there's so many people here, and I'm talking, this affects everyone, but definitely uh, women, uh, minorities, uh, individuals with disabilities, uh, individuals who are older, uh, older Americans. I'm not sure what the official term is. Geriatric Americans? Uh, we, senior citizens. There we go. Wow. <laughs> Geriatric Americans. Now I'll never be president. Uh, senior citizens have that same problem, too, is that uh, we're so afraid of, of building and getting paid fairly what we want for a number of reasons. Maybe uh, perception of the competitive nature of the market we're in, but definitely to be seen as someone who just does it for the cash that we normally undercut ourselves. Hey, man, you know, this mural would cost a stranger that reached out to me online $2,000. But since I went to 11th grade English with you, how about 50 bucks? <laughs> we just almost have this fear of, of being selling out or we have this fear of being all about the money. And that's the difference because being about all the money is selling out. 
not getting paid for what you're doing, saying, I'm not going to do anything until you pay me first is selling out. Selling out is, hey, man, um, I have these ideas in my head. Uh, you know, I've worked on this cool project 10 years ago. Uh, before I show you this concept, how about you give me money? That's, <laughs> that's selling out. But if you're cre continually creating content and then you decide to sell at a fair market value, that is earning your keep. That is what we're all here for. We all sit back and dream at our day jobs, our cubicles, out there uh, on the line, uh, out there in our delivery vehicles, out there on the hospital floors, whatever your day job is. We're out there in our day jobs thinking, how cool would it be if I quit this and got to do that? And no one thinks about struggling. No one, no one's like, oh, I want to quit my day job so I can eat ramen while I'm trying to scrounge up pennies to pay for my car note while I do the thing I love. No, we imagine ourselves being at least comfortable, if not rich, right? So if you're on the path of doing that, knowing full well you are committed to making your craft better and better, that is just an extra part of the deal. That is reaping the benefits of what you're doing. Now, I'll be honest with you. As a comedian, if I had to sit back and think about the money I made doing it, uh, I've basically made about $27 lifetime. <laughs> and I've been doing it for three years. A lot of free shows. Um, you know, you get, I don't even count the drinks I pay when I go to a comedy club to support the venue. Counting that, I'm way in the red, right? But I'm talking about actually, hey man, thanks for coming out. Here's some cash for your troubles. About $27 is what I made. Or more likely, um, I'm at a comedy show, I sell tickets for the show, and they give me a cut of the tickets I sell with my name on it. You know? I didn't, I'm not doing comedy for the money. But if someone stopped me and was like, hey man, those same jokes you did last night, do it tomorrow night at this corporate retreat and we'll pay you $500? How is that selling out? The, the art form has not changed. You didn't change it for them. Now, if I went home and I go, oh man, I'm doing a corporate uh, retreat. Um, well, okay, let me, let me try to, to throw everything I brought me to the dance and create a brand new set for them. <laughs> and I will, I'll, I'll think about jokes that they want to hear, not necessarily things I find funny, then that's the process right there. Because you're, you're, there is having an audience for your art, and then there's pandering to your audience. And that's a fundamental difference as well. Let's say you're a painter. Uh, let's say you like doing street art, and someone goes, hey, uh, I'll give you $1,000 to do a piece for me. I want it to, to be a picture of my mom. And you do a commission uh, featuring the patron's mother, that's not selling out. But let's say you are an artist that really hates uh, uh, SUVs. <laughs> I don't know. You, you're an environmental guy. You think SUVs are giant gas guzzler vehicles that hurt the environment. And then Chevrolet comes to you and says, hey, look, we want you to do a painting uh, for the new Chevy Tahoe. Uh, it has 20 miles to the gallon, maximum, most likely 10 miles a gallon, uh, you down, and you go, I don't really know. My beliefs are SUVs are bad. I don't want to do it. And then they say, here's 10 grand to do it. And then you do it? That's selling out. That's compromising your moral compass, compromising your beliefs for the, expense, for the exchange of, of money or exchange of recognition or exchange of power. But you keeping true to yourself and getting some sort of advancement for that, that ain't bad. That ain't bad whatsoever. But why do I bring this up today? Why do I bring about selling out and all that kind of things? Because it can really weigh on you. 
as a creative artist, you're always doubting yourself. You're doubting if you have the ability. You're doubting if you're as good as that person. You're doubting uh, whether or not what I'm creating is still in vogue or it's cheesy or outdated. And then you have the whole imposter syndrome. It's easy for me to create this thing, therefore it can't. It has to be easy for everyone else. Then there's the whole struggle of, of trying to make ends meet and trying to split your energies between the day job, which you have to go to to make your bills happen, and this side job. Many times I come home and I'm not even in the creative mind to write, and then I feel guilty for not wanting to write, but I'm too tired to write. You know, all that stuff is in the mix. And if someone's able to compromise that with a couple of dollars, then it's pretty much all for naught, right? It's pretty much the opposite of what you want to do. You always picture yourself having full creative control. You always picture yourself having a liner on the block at your bakery going, oh my gosh, these cronuts are amazing. You're not thinking of, well, I don't want to make cronuts anymore. They're stupid, but this is a big contract for cronuts. I'll guess I'll do it. <laughs> you know, or hey man, I love music. I love spinning music. It's fun for me, but I can't deal with all these email and texts from a nervous clients. I'm out. I can't deal this anymore. This is not what I wanted to do. And I'm not gonna to go to my place of work, my place of craft, and resent what I'm doing based on what my client or patron wants. So I'm telling all you guys out there, if you make something with your own heart, then it's okay to ask full price. Don't worry about selling out. And at the same time, if you really feel a certain way, like you have a certain philosophy of how you create, and someone tries to undermine that with the temptation of cash, that's a sellout alert, baby. <laughs> that's a sellout alert. Of course, I want to thank you all for checking out the podcast, 26 Stones, the show, over at Twitter, at 26 Stone Show, and everything is all in one giant fun toy bin called flowbito.com. That's F-L-O-B-I-T-O.com, which is fast fact, the name I gave my first vehicle when I got it in college, flowbito.com. Um, yo, reach out for me over there and see what's up, man. I'm definitely down to listen to comments and 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 work on that. Maybe sometimes sometimes some comments have actually led to, to influencing show topics. So I appreciate that as well. And of course, until next time, as always, please make your hometown